Today's daf is daf ayin, page 70. Nehelegim esechte nedorim. And we're going to pick up three lines from the bottom of Samach Tesam Abeiz, 69b. And let's remind ourselves what we are, the sugi we're in the middle of. So we learned on daf Samaches, Samach Zayin and Samaches, the machoikas between Rabbah and the yeshiva of Rabbi Yishmol as to what the source is which teaches us that both the husband and the father need to be made for the neder of a nara murasa in order for the vow to completely fall off. You need the hafara of both the husband and the father. And we had a machlekas, what the makar for that is, what the source is. But the ma'isa, they were both in agreement as to what the halacha is. Based upon that halacha, we asked a number of questions. And we're going to pick up with a new shaila that's now Rabba's shaila that pertains to both the father and the husband needing to be made for the nadar. We're going to ask about specific cases and what to do in these situations. So here we go, boy Rabba. Rabba asked the question, searching for information. What if the husband or father says, we are being mekayim the vow today? They hear the, the vow of this nara muraza or katana muraza. And they say, we're being Mekayim the vow today. Let me ask you a question. Before we see anything further, what are our minds thinking when we hear the word today? Does it mean I only want it to be valid today, but tomorrow I want it to be nullified? Does it mean that today I'm nullifying it? Um, I'm, I'm sorry, today I'm being Mekayim it. And it's not only today, but even later. What's happening here? What does he mean with this word, Hayyim? It's an unnecessary word. You could have just said, I want to be Mekayim. I want the vow to be in place. I want it to be fulfilled. I want it to be confirmed. So if he said Hayyim, Mahu, what is the Allah? Mi Amrina, do we say, Command Amar Allah, Mufar It's as if he's saying, I want it to be removed tomorrow. And therefore, the vow remains today, but it's gone tomorrow. Now, by the way, if you're going to say this, I want to pause. According to this approach, it's possible for a husband or father to remove the vow down the road. As long as they make the statement now. Let me explain. We know that from the time you hear about the vow, you have one day to either confirm or remove the vow. It seems from this approach that it's pos- all they need to do is make their statement today. But they can make a statement saying... They hear about the vow and they say, we want your vow to be removed in three days. That could work too, it seems. As long as they made the statement in 24 hours, they could revoke and remove the vow for a later time, even outside 24 hours. Okay, that's what it seems. Or maybe, he didn't say that to her. And therefore, maybe it's not even a removal of a vow. Maybe it's like he didn't say anything. Now, says the Gemara Vaita, let's keep going in our questioning. And if you're going to say, now we're going to add multiple sides to the Shaila. If you're going to say, that Lamaisa, he never said tomorrow, I'm going to remove it. What happens if, what if he says to her, I want it to be removed, your vow that I'm hearing about today, I want it to be removed tomorrow. Does that mean tomorrow? 
do we say that he's not able to remove the nether to Hakaimah Lenidre Hayyim? Because he already was Makayim the nether today, and if it's fulfilled now, I can't remove it for later. I don't or maybe we say, no, it's fine. Since he never said, I'm confirming it for you today. When he's saying that I want to remove tomorrow, it's going to be okay, because Lamaisa, what he's saying is, from today, I want it to be removed at a later time. Now, he didn't say that specifically that I want it to be to work for today. All he said was, I want it to be gone tomorrow. But do we say, since that's the understanding, that works. And if you're going to say that, even if he would say straight out, I want your vow to be removed tomorrow, and he doesn't say, but I want it to work today. All he said is, I want it to be gone tomorrow. Since it seems to imply that he wants the vow to work today, Lamachar, what do we? How do we handle tomorrow? Keman the isay dummy. We say it's as if you already have a pre-confirmed vow. Hence, a pre-confirmed vow cannot be removed at a later date because confirming it today is going to be that's going to work by confirming it today. You're keeping the vow, and now that you say you want it tomorrow, is going to be outside of the twenty-four hour period. So that's not going to work. It's as if it's already in existence. It cannot be removed. However, let's say he says to her, I want your vow to work for an hour. He hears about his wife's vow, his daughter's vow. He says, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. He says, I want, you know what? I'm so happy about your vow until three o'clock. Mahu, what's the Allah there? Now, keep in mind, how is it going to be different than the Shaila of today and tomorrow? Because tomorrow is already outside of a 24-hour period. But if he said, I want it to be fulfilled for an hour, after that hour, you're still within the 24-hour period. So maybe there's more room for leniency to remove the vow. So here we go. Me, Armina, do we say, that I want it to be valid until 3 o'clock for the next hour? But after that, what I mean is, the vow is gone. I don't know, or perhaps, he never said after an hour the vow is gone. All he said is, I want it to be valid for an hour. And since he said after that hour, I want it to be gone, he never said that straight out explicitly. Maybe the vow is not removed. And if you're going to say the vow is not removed because you never said after the hour, you weren't straight out, you weren't explicit. Mihu, Omar la mai. What if he would say, I'm confirming your vow for an hour until three o'clock, but after three o'clock, Gone. Let's say he did say that specifically. What's the halacha? Me, I'm reading, do we say, keep on the kaimai kaimai? That once he confirmed it for that next hour, you cannot remove it afterwards. I don't know, perhaps, keep on the kule yaima barakamo who since we give you 24 hours to both keep the vow and remove the vow, mahani, it's a removal of the vow. Okay? It's a great question. Can I, as a husband or father, confirm the vow of my wife slash daughter for a short period of time and say specifically afterwards, but after that short period of time, the vow is out the window because it's still within my 24-hour period. So here's a whole boatload of questions that are dependent on each other. Now, if you notice these questions, they're not all, they don't really all go in line, but basically what's happening here is, because the reason why they don't go in line is because even within Rabbi Shaila, some of these questions are contradictory. 
you can only ask some of the questions over here if you say it's not valid to be removed within the 24-hour period. And other questions are only true if it would be valid outside the 24-hour period. But be it as it may, it could be, and the Ran understands that Lamaisa, practically speaking, the, the Rabbah himself who's asking the Shaila is really unsure as to how to handle the entire situation. Okay, so those are our Shailas. So here we go. The Gemara is going to try to answer our Shaila. Toshima, come and listen. Toshima, come and listen. Hareini Nazira. A woman says, I am accepting upon myself Nazirus. Okay. Now Nazirus is something that can impact a relationship. And it's also Enoi. It's something she's afflicting herself from removing permitted things. So in these situations, a husband has a right to remove these vows. So she says, I'm Nazira. Vishamar Bala. Vishama Bala, her husband heard, the Omar, and you know what he says? Va'ani, me too. A woman says, I am a Nazira, and he says, me too. Ain yocho lehefer. He cannot remove her vow, even though it's in 24 hour period. Why? Because by saying me too, I'm also a Nazir, what does that mean as well? You want your wife's Nazirus to be effective because that's the only way your me too will be effective. If she says, I'm a Nazir, you say me too, and then you say, nah, you're not effective, then what was your me too? She was never a Nazira. You're planning on removing the Nazirus. So by you saying me too, you're establishing and giving raglayim, giving legs to her Nazirus, and therefore you can't remove it afterwards. That's the, that's the halacha of the mission. But frak the Gemara beautiful, va'amai, why is it that when he says, me too, it automatically confirms her Nazirus, and he can no longer remove it. Nema, why don't we say, va'ani de Omar hu, this that he said, me too, al-nafshei da'havei nazir. Well, all he means is, I plan on being a nazir. But as far as her saying, I'm a Nazir, granted, he wanted it to be around until, he wanted to be effective as long as, as far as his statement of, and me, would also work. But after that, why don't we say as follows? If she says, I'm a Nazira, he hears her and immediately says, me too, and, and I, Misha says, you can no longer remove it. Ask the Gemara, why not? One of the intim tilaymars in our question was, if you confirm a vow short term, can you then remove it later? Let us say, if that's an option, we should say the same thing here. Yes, he confirmed her vow at that time, but he didn't want it to be a Nazirus any more than an hour or so. Maybe his me too is a, is a regular Nazirus, but in 30 minutes he plans on nullifying her, her Nazirus. So let it be a 30 minute Nazirus, if such a thing is possible. Let it be made for later on. Why is our Mishnah saying it's not possible? This is a proof. This is a very good proof that once a husband establishes the validity of his wife's vow, 
there ain't no backing out even within a 24-hour period. It's a good proof. Gavaldi Garaya. From the fact that we, as soon as he says me too, it's on both of them, and you do, we do not allow a later removal is a, is a proof. There's no such thing as establishing and then removing in 24 hours. So the Gemara responds, low, it's not a proof. Okay, a separate point, which is, the Tana of our Mishnah possibly holds that when he says, me too, without saying any speci- anything else, without mentioning times, without mentioning his own time of how long it is, I mean his wife time, va'ani means lo'ilam. It means we, I want both of us to be full-fledged Naziris. However, coming back to the point, let's say he wouldn't have used this specific expression. It's possible that we do allow a husband slash father to confirm and then remove. Okay. Fine. Bottom line, Chevra, we don't have answers to these questions. We're not coming up, we're not walking away with a, with a straight up answer to Rabbi's question. Period. End of that Gemara. End of the Shilas. End of those questions concerning both the husband and father removing the vow. Okay. Now we get to the next Mishnah. Really fascinating Mishnah. Let's give a quick introduction as to what our cases are going to be. We learned the halacha clearly is Anara Hamurasa. She needs both men in her life to remove the vow for it to be removed. Husband and father. If one of them does it without the other, it's not removed. Okay. Now what happens if one of these men leave her life while she's a Nara Amurasa? Fascinating question. Right now you have two men. What if one of these men is no longer available to nullify her vow? What's going to happen then? Now let's give some examples of how it's possible. How can a father no longer become a father in this world? Or how can a father lose his rights by dying? He dies. So you have an Amorosa, her father dies. Does the husband now, during Arison, gain full rights to her vows? Or do we say, you know what? If she makes a vow, <laughs> there's just nobody to remove that other side of it, so it's automatically there. Even if a husband were to remove the vow, he's still missing the other man in her life because he's six feet under. How would you find the situation that changes where the other man in her life leaves? For example, her husband. You could say, the husband dies. What happens then? Let's say the husband during Arison passes away. Do we say the father no longer has the ability to nullify her vow, or does he? And do the two alachas need to go hand in hand? Meaning, if I say... If the father dies, the husband can't. Does that mean if the husband dies, the father can't? Or maybe each one is handled differently. Maybe it's a whole different set of, of circumstances surrounding each one's powers over her nadar. So that's what our Mishnah is going to, and Gemara are going to come to clarify. Here we go. Zok the Mishnah. 
about nine lines from the bottom of Ayin Amar Aleph, Meis Ha'av, while she's in Ara Amorosa, her father dies. Loi Nisraikna Rishos Lebal. The rights of the, hus- of the father do not empty out into the domain of the husband. Meaning, the husband does, now gain, does not gain, does not gain 100% control over her vows. What's going to come out with this? If she makes a vow and the husband, you know, uh, is made for it, it's not made for it. It's not made for it. The vow remains in place. The husband does not take over the place of the father. Mesabal. The, the husband's removal of the vow is not a full removal because he also still needs the father and the father's not here. So the vow is simply not removed. Why not? Because you need both the husband and the father. There's no father. True. So therefore, there's no other side to remove the vow. Keep asking. What's bothering you? No, 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 no. Why? No. no. Yeah. The husband yeah. takes over the complete... The, complete the husband uh, takes over completely? Who says? He's the only person around. All right. Only, well, tough luck. He's, he's, he's no. the only person over the... the, the Who's... I, I, I get what you're asking. Beautiful. But who's giving him the other 50% right? How does he get it automatically? Who, who says he gets it? There's no other 50%. Yes, there is. The other 50% went bye-bye. The other 50% went bye-bye. The, the, yeah. Maybe it's like he's... A, one second. If the, father's, if the father's in China and he's not around to nullify the vow... No, that's something that's a different... Why, why is it different? Why is it different? Because the father, as long as he's alive, he retains that, that bilis. He retains that bilis over his daughter. And who's giving that bilis over maybe to the husband? Not, maybe, he's not, maybe he's not around to okay. act on that bilis. Good. He retains that Well, if he passes away, yeah. then it's gone. Okay. 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 We're going to see the Gemara is going to be very bothered by your question. But know that for now, the way that we're under, the way that you're understanding is incorrect. And the Gemara is going to have to prove why. Because you do have a very strong question, which is Rabiel's asking Gavaldik if the father's not around and he has no schusim in anything, let the husband just swallow it all up. And now he's the only man around. So once he removes the vow, let it be gone. The Mishnah says that, that, that actually the vow is not removed. And for you to say that is a big chiddish. And I agree with your question. The Gemara is going to have to prove why we're wrong. Okay? Suffice it to say, what the Mishnah is saying is, if the husband dies, if, I'm sorry, if the father dies, the husband cannot nullify vows anymore. Because even if he does it, he's only removing his 50%. And you're right, this needs to be understood. The beginning of the Gemara is going to have to quote a pasuk we're going to have to go to Xeris HaKosov to explain this. Let's keep going. Mesabal. What happens if instead of the, her old man dying, her husband dies? Now, ready for this? Now we get, you know, the father does get all the rights back. The husband dies. It's the way that we wanted to understand. And that is the father may nullify her vow. And over here, 
In this situation, you find that the, the father's strength of nullifying vows is greater than the husband's. Right? Because if the husband dies, the father gets it. If the father dies, the husband doesn't get it. So you find the father's, the father's rights in this sense is stronger. But but in as far as a different halach is concerned, you should know. There's ways which we'll find, and we'll explain the Gemara, that the husband's power is greater than the father's. How so? Shahabal mefer bebagar, the husband could, the, the, could still be mefer nedarim once she becomes a begaris, and the Gemara is going to explain exi- a, a specific case that we're talking about. That'll be the end of the Gemara. Today, towards the end of the daf, va'av in a mefer bebagar, a father does not have the rights to remove the vows of his daughter once she is a fully mature woman. Once she re- achieved bogeres, he has no rights in nullification of vows. A husband does, if his wife's an adult, in some in uh, some instances, still have a right to remove the vow. Okay, two big ideas over here. Let's take a step back. Big idea number one is what was bothering us as we learned the Mishnah. We know the father and husband both need to remove it. Yet the Mishnah said, if the father's dead, the husband ca- does not receive all those rights. But if the husband's dead the father does receive all the rights. How are we to understand that? That needs explanation. The Gemara is going to have to help us out. The second thing we need to explain is this uh, purpose of the Mishnah showing us a distinction between some ways that the father's koach of vows is stronger and in some ways that the husband's koach of vows, what those cases are, will establish as well. Here we go. Let's get into the Gemara. Four lines to the bottom. Frank the Gemara, my timer. Why in the world is it that if the father's dead, the husband cannot nullify vows. Rabiel's kasha. Why can't he do it? He's the only man standing. Says the Gemara, Gzer Sakasif. The Amarkra, Binureha Base Avia. She's always considered in her Nairus to still be, even when her this Pusik, even when her father dies. She's still called Base Avia. She still belongs in her father's house. She's still a member of of her father's house, even after she dies, this Pasuk gives, us, gives off the connotations, she still remains in the domain of her father. In order for that to be true, you have to say, the husband did not gain all the rights. So the answer to your question is only because of Xeris HaKosav. Al Pisvara, you're right. The Torah, however, tells us otherwise. Father's dead. Vows are concerned. She remains in the father's domain. She remains in the domain of her father's house. But if the husband dies, the father gains all the rights. Where's that from? If she shall be, double expression, she, she should be, she should be, to a man, and her nidarim are still upon her. Still we see that the father has a right to nullify vows. Now what does it mean she should be? So the word Havaya is an expression of marriage. This lets us know, if it says, lets us know the father still has rights to remove her vows even when she's on her second marriage. What does that mean? Top of Amud Beis. Listen to this. The second Arison is similar to the first Arison. Just like before, the first Arison, the father had total rights. So too, 
before her second Arison, the father received his rights back, and he was the one who had the rights to nullify the vow, which is why when she enters her second Arison, now again he jointly has the right to remove the vow with the husband. Says the Gemara, Maybe there's only, how do you know that it's referring to the father receiving the rights before the second Arison? Maybe it's only letting us know that the father could be made for an Adarim that were never fit to be removed by Arison. But maybe something that Aris is fit to remove, like the father has no right to remove that type of vow. Meaning, ask the Gemara a very simple question. We're saying that, you know, the Hekish is teaching me that the father received his rights back. Says the Gemara, who says? Maybe the Hekish is just teaching me that the only vows that the father can remove now are the same vows as a husband, i.e. affliction vows or dvarim shebeinah But any other vow a father loses his rights to. Maybe. Answers the Gemara, no. Ibn Adarim mi nafka. That are, we already know from Benurel Beisavia, when she's a Nara in the father's house. Hence, we already knew this halacha, and the Hekesh must be teaching me that the father, before the second Erison, received all the rights back, and that's going to be the source to answer our question, which was, why, when the, fa- when the husband dies, does the father regain his rights of... Nadarim, he's the sole rights, and how you see and that Hekish is teaching me that it goes back to the father. Okay. Now let's explain the Seifa of the Mishnah. The Seifa of the Mishnah had said that in some ways, for example, the way of our Mishnah, the father is stronger than the husband. He gets his rights back. In other ways, in another halacha, the husband's stronger where he still retains rights to nullify vows when his wife is a bigeris, when she already has matured into physical adulthood. Says the Gemara, Hechidami. What's the case here that we are referring to? We know that a, a daughter of a father, once she becomes an adult, the father can't touch her vows. We know that. Because the Torah only gave him rights when she's been Urel. When she's in a state of nourish, not yet an adult. Once she reaches adulthood, she could tell her father, jump in the lake. You can't touch my bowels. I'm a grown woman now. You can't do this my whole life. Okay. And she's not married? Let's say you have a seven, uh, an 80-year-old woman who's never been married. Right. Can her father just be removing her vows? No. Right. So it doesn't make a difference. Once she reaches by Geras... She says adios to her father's ability to remove her vows. Hechidami, what is the case? Where we allow a husband who's only an Arus, known as Sunya, to be nullifying his adult by Geras wife's vows. Ilim, if you're going to say, nara. He had Arisin when she was in Nara, Ubagra, and now she's an adult. Okay, so we're assuming a guy married an Ara and they both had rights, you know, the husband and father both had rights to remove them. And now she's a Bagaris. We'll say the husband still has rights to remove those vows. Mikhti, let's see, is this true? Misa Maitsiya, when a father dies, he, he cannot nullify the vow anymore because he's not around, living in Nailamamas, he's living in the next world. So 
the death removes her from her father's abilities. Ubagros might see a mishosav, and also becoming an adult woman removes her from her father's domain as well. Okay, again, because only binureha beisavio. However, if she's a begeres, she no longer is connected to him when it comes to vows. Ma misa and just like we learned in our Mishnah, if the father dies, his death does not give over his 50% to the husband. Afbagras, so too, when she becomes a Bagaris, that doesn't go over to the husband either. Listen to this Gishmak Alumdas, you ready? What happens when she becomes a Bagaris? There were two men, each one at half. Now she's a grown adult. So the husband still only has 50%. Who's going to give him the other 50%? The father? The father has no rights. So he's, the father has no rights over her anymore. She's a Bagaris. So who's giving him? See, instead of the Gemara saying, oh, you know, Bagaris, the Gemara is just saying, Svara. You know why the husband cannot nullify his, his Arusa by Geras's vows? Because he's still stuck at his 50%. Nobody's giving him any further rights. He never had more than 50% rights. He never, he never achieved it. He never received it. South Bag was like the sacred just about. Even when she becomes by Geras. Who transferred the other 50% over to the husband now that she's an adult? Nobody. Ella... Rather, what are you going to say? Maybe the case is, He married her when she was already a Bagaris. And now there's no father involved at all. So maybe we'll say, oh, So the husband never needed the father. The father never had any rights. So maybe we'll say, as soon as he has Arison, he took on an immediate 100% uh, control over her, um, uh, Nidar. Maybe we'll say, you know, whenever there was no father in the way, she was always a Begaris when he married her. Can't be. That's not a Chiddush, because we already learned one time. Who is already past the 12 months of moving in. The halacha is that the husband is obligated to financially take care of her, and he's allowed to remove her nadarim. So I already know, this mission will be coming up in a few blots, I already know from the Mishnah is coming up that a husband has a right to remove vows. Why would, so this wouldn't be any added chiddush. Now the Gemara for a moment is just going to tangentially challenge this and say the 12 months is not really meant for a Begeris. We already have our approach, which is, the the question is, I know the husband can remove Nadarim that get in the way of him and his wife when she's a Begeris. I wouldn't need this Mishnah to be teaching me that. But as a, Tangentially, we're going to challenge that statement because a begaris never really got 12 months. A begaris really only needs 30 days to get married and we're going to ask that. Says the Gemara Hagufa Kasha, let's talk about that Mishnah for a second. This itself is a contradiction because Amrit, first you said, Abegaris that already waited past her 12 months, so we know the husband can nullify her nadarim. Abegaris doesn't have 12 months. Begaris, you just wait 30 days till marriage. So the Gemara says, you're right, relax. Tani, Begaris, then with the Begaris, and also uh, a younger woman who waited the 12 months. But the bottom line is, says the Gemara, 
Bottom line is, we have a Gavaldika question. We have an excellent question here. Because we say, it's teaching me that the husband, if he marries a Begeres, has the right to remove the vows. And that's the Chiddush of our Mishnah. It's telling me that that's how a husband is greater than the father, right? The koach of the husband is greater than the father. Because if, when it comes to a father, a father has no rights over his bageras. When it comes to a husband, a husband may remove the vows of his wife who's a bageras if it gets, if it's inoy or it gets in the way. Ask the Gemara, but that, that's the Mishnah coming up in a few blat. It's the same Chiddush. And we know that Mishnayis aren't redundant. So that's our question right now. So Gemara is going to give Two possible answers. And here we go. Answer number one is, again, what's our question? If you're telling me that the chiddish of the, that the case of our Mishnah is, where's the husband greater than the, than the father? Where's his strength in vows greater than the father that he, he could impact his Bogaris wife? And a father cannot? I already know that. Either you could say, Maybe you could say that our Mishnah really is the main place that's teaching me that a husband has a right to remove the power of Obegeres. And the Begeres over there is just coming to get more into the nitty-gritty of the Machlegesin Rebbe Nacham, meaning it's not redundant, because over here is the main halach, and over there we're going to get into the Machlegesin Rebbe Nacham. Okay, so as long as there's an added Chiddush, there's no, you, there's no claim of redundancy. You buy the same, or you could say, Begeres Davka, that really, the Mishnah later on would teach me the halacha of a husband being able to remove the vows of his Bagaris wife. There is the main halacha. Aye, so why are we mentioning it over here? Says the Gemara, very basic, classic Gemara answer. Because since our Mishnah mentioned a place where a father is greater than the husband, in that if the husband dies, the father gets his rights. But if the father dies, the husband does not. So we're mentioning where a father has a greater power than a husband. Once we're mentioning that, we're just going to mention the flip side and say, yeah, granted the father's greater in that way, but you should know we're going to learn soon that there's a case where a husband has a greater kayach than the father, which is when a wife is a begaris, when a woman's a begaris, her husband still has rights to her vows. You're never going to have a father with a daughter who's a begaris that retains his rights to her vows. Period. End of the Gemara. We're up to the next mission on Daf Ayin Aleph. We will hold it here for this evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.